0: So it's been a little while and some things have happened. Also, the CDC has updated its COVID 19 guidelines. Let's talk about all of that. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I am your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. None of the information in this podcast is sufficient nor intended to diagnose your personal medical issue, but there's a lot to learn, so let's start the show. Whew, so, um, yeah, I had a big birthday, and I have been partying, you guys. I have the best friend group in the entire world, the best family, the best, I just have felt so loved at um, my girlfriends threw a party for my 40th. And yes, I know there's a pandemic, so people attended Um a mixture of ways in person via Zoom and on pre-recorded video compilation. So we weren't violating anything. It was beautiful. Um, I'm 40. I can't even believe that. Saying that out loud is kind of crazy because I don't feel 40. But then I'm like, maybe I do. Maybe this is what 40 feels like. And I thought it would feel like something else. Um, What all did I do? There was that... I checked myself into my favorite hotel spa for a couple of days. Um, I went to, my husband took me to uh, a little town called Woodenville, where we did wine tasting, stayed in the cutest lodge. I got to play outside in nature, one of my favorite things. Um, I floated in a, (laughs) one of my friends gifted me this, um, gift certificate to a floating pod. I don't know how, what to call it, but it's like a, a big, um, capsule (laughs) that you get in and you just float. It's salt, salt water. And, um, and I fell asleep in there. Um, what else I do after that? I, I hiked with a friend. I, um, saw just beautiful things that I don't always get to take the time to see. Um, There's a river, the Stillaguamish River, where the water comes together from the North Fork and the South Fork. And the water is two totally different colors. Where they meet is just incredibly beautiful. I got to stand right there and just look at that. Um, I shot guns. I, I shot a gun not something that I would have, um, maybe ever really thought about doing as an activity or recreation. Um, my friend that instructed me gave wonderful instructions. Um, and I was careful. I followed them to a T and it turns out I'm not a terrible shot. Um, but I learned also, um, A little respect. Um, Not that I didn't respect guns before, but, you know, the way I described it is like being in a code. Like you don't want to be there. You don't want to be doing what you're doing, but you better dang well get it straight. Otherwise, um, you know, someone could lose their life. Um, And sometimes loss of life happens with codes and guns. What else did I do? Um, That was. Oh, gosh, you guys, when I say a week long celebration. I really do mean a whole week long celebration. Yesterday I got to get outside and play. It was like, it was like the first day of summer in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so beautiful, so warm. I rode my bike around 15 miles, um, just to enjoy the trails and the beautiful scenery, uh, that this area has to offer. And, um, yeah, today I went to the Jacob Lawrence, um, uh, the American Struggle exhibit at the Seattle Art Museum, which was it was just so Jacob Lawrence is a national treasure. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I have been doing. I've been celebrating. I have, um, you know, mourning and grieving is, a, is an interesting thing. Um, Place to be. It's been 97 days since I said goodbye or see you later or see you differently to my mom. And it's a new life. I'm trying to get my feet underneath me. um, And it's going, I guess, as well as could be expected, uh, but continues to be quite hard. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, I'm like, you know what, I need to record another episode of the Purple Stethoscope podcast, because as I was scrolling through my social medias, I saw that the CDC is saying that fully vaccinated people can stop wearing masks. Now, I don't know how other people um, responded when they saw that. But if confusion was one of the first things to happen to you, I would say you are not alone. Um, We have been getting all sorts of messaging from the beginning of this pandemic. And I really am uh, sympathetic to... Folks, not knowing what is the truth, what is safe, um, what is scientific versus what is opinion, what is um, theory, what's conspiracy theory. It's just, it's a lot to sort through. And to be honest, when I saw that recommendation, my first response was kind of, it's <laughs> kind of anger, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I was angry because um, the average age of patients hospitalized in my area is fifteen years younger than uh, it was just a little while ago. So we, you know, initially we're saying, oh, people in the older adult age group, they need to be vaccinated. Uh, They're most important. They have the worst outcomes, blah, blah, blah. Now we have younger people who are getting really sick. And... 100% of the people in my local hospital who are hospitalized with COVID are unvaccinated. And to say that again, 100% of the people in my local hospital who are not vaccinated or who are admitted with COVID, complications of COVID-19, are not vaccinated. And the reason that I emphasize that point is As you all well know by now, everyone who gets COVID doesn't get hospitalized. Only people who are sick enough that they require interventions and supplementation beyond what is doable outside of an acute care facility. So when I saw that, I thought, what? And let me say this. Before I say anything else, I understand why some people would opt not to get the COVID-19 vaccination series, not only from all the mis- messaging that has been going on, but also you have to evaluate your risk for anything. What am I talking about? Okay, I'm fully vaccinated. Y'all know that, Pfizer. First shot in December, second shot a couple weeks later. Didn't have no issues for real. My hips were a little sore when I went from sitting to rising. That was the most of it. I was out running the day after my vaccine. Um. So the thing about it is like I am, as I told y'all, 40. I have a completed family. I work in healthcare. So when I look at my risk-benefit potential, I look at the risk of me getting COVID and uh, versus, you know, the benefit of the vaccine. So when you're doing your own personal risk versus benefit analysis, you have to take certain things into consideration. For example, I am uh working every day in the public, in healthcare facilities. That's, that's a big risk, right? A huge risk. And the benefit of the vaccine is that greater than 94% of people who get it do not get severe symptoms of COVID-19 or severely sick with COVID-19. So what are the chances of me getting it? being a healthcare worker, versus the benefit or protection offered by the vaccine, okay? Why do I mention me having a completed family? Um, Because my body has passed, I have passed the point that I would, um, you know, intentionally uh, get pregnant, right? And so when you're preparing to have babies or you're considering having babies or you're not sure whether or not you're going to uh, start or expand a family, there's just some things that you do and you don't do. What am I talking about? If I think I might want a baby in the next year, I'm probably not going to gonna get a Nexplanon implant um, because it's, you know longer um, acting or longer term uh, birth control or contraception, okay? So I'd probably choose something different for myself given that circumstance. I personally feel that way. This is me being personal, not me being DNA MP, okay? I personally feel that if I was someone who had a lower risk, right? Not working in the public every day. Not working in healthcare facilities. And um, one of the things that I I should mention, one of the things I do on my job is I supervise stress tests. So people are like running on a treadmill and huffing and puffing in my face. So, you know, if I didn't do work like I do and I was younger and I wasn't sure if or when I was going to have children... My decision to get vaccinated might be totally different, okay? So I want to be clear that, you know, that is a right that every person should have to weigh their own risk versus benefit and decide for themselves whether or not um, it's something they want to do. Now, it, it <laughs> we have three universities that I know of so far in my state that are requiring uh, COVID-19 vaccination to return to school. What does this have to do with masking? Well, as of right now, about 60% of U.S. adults have received the vaccine and herd immunity has not been reached, okay? Herd immunity is when there are enough people vaccinated in uh, the herd, right, <laughs> in the general population that it can't catch fire and spread so fast that it becomes uh, an epidemic or a pandemic or epidemic, right? And science says, well, you know, if a large person of the community or the herd Becomes immune to a disease, it makes the spread of the disease from person to person unlikely, right? So what is that magic number? Well, um, I've always understood it to be 70 to 80% of the population. You know, 60% is not 70 to 80%. So if herd immunity has not been reached then the transmission is not yet unlikely. I would feel totally different if we had reached herd immunity. And they said, okay, you can get rid of the masks. Another reason that I feel some type of weight, how is it gonna be enforced? How is it gonna be enforced? I was at the museum today. I took my mask down. Um, why did I do that? I think I was drinking water or something. And before I could fix my mouth to say boo, one of the people um, that worked at the museum was like, can you please pull your mask up? And I just did because that's the way I roll. Um, But the next person might not roll like that. And I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be an enforcer. And I don't want people running up on me telling me, what to do or what not to do because, you know, we've received another message again and, you know, we hear things from, we hear things federally and then the states decide and then beyond that, businesses decide. An example of that would be like, think about marijuana, right? Marijuana for recreational use, cannabis for recreational use is not federally legal. So what does that mean? That means in Washington State, one can partake, right? But what if you work for a federal employer like the VA? What if you, um, you know, have an insurance that you build to that's federal, right? Medicare. Um, it changes the rules, right? Who's keeping up with all that? Who wants to be bothered with keeping up with all that? That's why we just will say things like, you know, we're just going to rock with whatever they say federally, right? Because it's too hard to keep up with all the state stuff. So we'll just do what's said from that level. So when what is said from that level is you don't have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated. Then when states or businesses or um, systems like school systems or whatever say, well, you have to do X, Y, Z, people become confused because they're getting all these mixed messages. What do you mean I have to do this? President Biden just tweeted, you know, the CDC's newest recommendation. I'm almost done. I promise I'm almost done on this topic. I didn't realize I had so much feeling about it. Lastly, um, okay, for myself, like I mentioned, my risk is greater. So the chances of me being an asymptomatic carrier of COVID-19 are fair, right? Well, if I'm engaging with someone who's not vaccinated and I'm not wearing a mask, right, Am I putting them at a greater risk because I'm not masking? I don't want to be responsible. You know, it would break my heart if I met a girlfriend for lunch. You know, people in restaurants, everybody's sitting down eating. Ain't nobody got a mask on, vaccinated or not. You can't eat with your mask on. Everybody who's out eating is unmasked for the majority of the time that they're, that they're out. I would be so devastated to be out having lunch with a friend and find out two, three weeks later that they were hospitalized with this disease or that they were fighting for their life or that they were just really sick, never mind all that, if they were home and really sick. I just, yeah, not not what I'm trying to do. It, um, it I think in an effort to um, spread joy and lift moods, Um, they just confuse things quite a bit for a lot of people. So what I'm going to do is exactly what I've been doing. I just, for me, I can't, I'm not about to play the guessing game every time I leave my house. So that is, um, you know, what I, what I'm going to be doing So switching gears, something that I want to um, talk about as a wellness opportunity is the idea of ritual. One of the things that we have been able to do, a lot of us, um, during the pandemic is to really slow down. And as we consider re-entry, it's a little anxiety provoking because it's like, I don't know about you all, but I don't miss that pace. I don't want that pace back, and I have a little bit of trepidation regarding, um, you know, <laughs> not piling too much on, um, and and finding myself back in a space that I think a lot of us would agree was not healthy, right? And so the idea of ritual or the practice of ritual is something that I have been using to reclaim that pace of slowing down, that slowed down, intentional, I don't have anywhere that I need to be, but right here, right now. If you've ever had plans with somebody that you were a little bit anxious about and found out that they had to cancel that feeling of relief um, because you didn't have to go through with something that you weren't excited about going through with. That's kind of how I have felt in many ways with regard to the pandemic, right? When you're told you can't go to work, it's like, oh, okay. No getting up and rushing in the morning, fighting traffic, choosing what to wear, none of that because you were kind of just let off the hook. So for me, the practice of ritual is creating a space where I um, have set up boundaries to protect that time. And everyone that I know and love who needs to know um, is aware they're aware that this is the time that I've carved out for this thing and they're not going to bother me or, or, um, feel some kind of way if they want to schedule that time. And I'm like, nope, that's my such and such time. Right. What can you, how, how can you bring the practice of ritual into your daily life? Um, For instance, when we're kids, it might be a bath, a bedtime story, a glass of water, and night-night, right? That's a ritual. Ritual is defined as a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to the prescribed order. Now, I'm not that tight with it that everything is prescribed, but... There is some peace and some stillness that comes with doing something that you enjoy in repetition. So what are some things that you can make a ritual? Well, hair washing um, is one that comes to mind when I wash my hair. There's a certain way that I do it. There are steps in the process. And there's something that happens as I'm massaging my scalp and 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 washing my locks, right? It's just like there's um, an internal kind of dialogue, but but almost energy of washing away and and renewing a cleansing energy. It almost feels like a purification kind of ritual, right? So making that something that I do in the same way the same time, and I have almost like, a, um, not mantras or affirmations or meditations, so to speak, but different themes that go along with it. I guess meditations is, is an okay word to use in this sense, right? Um, there, are, there are things that I, intentions that I am setting um, or carrying out when I perform said tasks. A bath is something that can be um, used as a ritual, how you make your bath. Um, I, I love an Epsom salt bath. I love to put flower petals in my baths. I like bubbles. I like all kinds of things. And different. I have different little recipes for baths. For different things and so there's a mindset that goes when I put that together where I'm going I want I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'm using these things for a specific reason this smell uh, takes me to a certain place this you know um, it purposed oil um you know when I oil my hair or oil my body after I I bathe um putting the oil in your hand and setting an intention, blessing the oil, praying over the oil, and then spreading that blessing um, throughout your head or throughout your body. And this all may sound very woo-woo or, or interesting, but when you have things that you uh, are, are meditating on or intending for yourself and a ritual that goes with it, it's like I'm taking this energy off and I'm calling this energy in. Um, I'm trying to think of other, what are some other things that you can make uh, ritual or begin to practice cooking? Oh my goodness, cooking is a great one. What intention do you have when you're fixing your food? My cooking ritual, I love to cook with vegetables. I love to season food with food. And I'm often thinking about how this food was created perfectly for our bodies to run on. I give thanks for abundance. I give thanks for access to good food. And, and then I make an intention with it, right? I'm nourishing myself, nourishing my family. And then I go on to give thanks for them, uh, that that healing would come, that whatever places need to be touched in, in specific ways, will be touched with the ingredients and with the different foods and flavors that I'm using. And then it's even a ritual to fix a plate, right? How you portion a plate, how you plate your food, and the joy that is shared, um, that, that the joy of the receiver, and the joy that the giver gets from seeing someone joyfully receive. A lovingly prepared meal. So, I guess I'm saying all this to say uh, we can incorporate ways to remain or, well, not re- remain, reclaim and protect this slowed pace that we've all been able to embrace in certain ways um, because reentry is happening, right? Things are looking different. A lot of people are starting to go back to work, thinking about going back to school in the fall, um, and there's nothing exciting about the pace that we, a lot of us were were um, accepting, and perpetuating prior to this pandemic. All right, well, that does it for this episode. I am excited to share some new things with you all. Just because a girl hasn't been recording as often doesn't mean a girl has not been working. Um, Exciting news to share the North Sound. Race and Health Equity Conference was great. Uh, It was virtual. It was four hours. I do believe that it is available if you want to listen to that. If you are a healthcare provider or somebody who is um, healthcare adjacent, Uh, it's really great information. I do a little segment on um, BIPOC medical providers, our experiences, and we did some really fun work on our experiences. It was healing work. We created digital stories um, and got to share those with our colleagues and with conference attendees. We raised over hundred thousand dollars for the North Sound Health Equity Scholarship. Is seated. It's funded. We're having very exciting conversations uh, about the scholarship. Um, it is live, so uh, the, that's something wonderful to look at. That's the North Sound Accountable Community Health. Um, Scholarship, but it's it's called the North Sound Health Equity Scholarship to assist in funding um, BIPOC nursing and medical students. So that was it's just so exciting to be a part of something like that, like a hundred thousand dollars and and inviting more people, supporting more people who reflect the community that they care for. Um, we know that people feel more cared for by people in their community and that less is lost in translation. So we get better um, better outcomes that way. What else do I need to tell you all about? You know, I don't know if I shared this before. I probably did. Um, but I have studied Reiki for a while now and yoga. And have obtained some certifications in both of those areas. Um, So I am so excited to talk uh, a little more divinity with the health and wellness. We're listening to the Purple Stethoscope, I'm your host Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. You can find me on social media at DtheNP. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Patreon. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and share this episode, and then head over to Patreon to see how you can further support this work.